Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today, we're looking at eight things you should know about Emil Zatopek and how he changed running forever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Um, and we're doing this because on the 19th of September, uh, we will mark the 100th year of Emil Zatopek, um, who was voted by a source no less esteemed than Runners World as history's greatest ever runner. And we want to discuss why. It, and Kate Carter's here, who is a Zatopek aficionado, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, big fan, big fan. <laughs> there you go. So I thought maybe, Kate, then you could, you could sort of run, anyone who's not familiar with Zatopek, Ben, um, yeah. Kate, Kate can run you through. Uh, Guilty. Here's a quick overview for anyone who's not the kind of uh, complete Zatopek uh, sort of, you know, fan, as, as I am. Um, could you tell us a little bit, just give us a sense of the man. So, I mean, Zatopek is a, um, obviously a huge name uh, back in the uh, Czech Republic or Czechia or um, whatever the, uh, you'd like to call it these days. Um, and uh, he was a pretty huge name in in the world, really, for a long time. So he was born in 1922 uh, in what was then Czechoslovakia. Um, and he actually began running uh, when he was a teenager. And he was working in a shoe factory at the time. And I think they had like a, a sports day equivalent. Right. And uh, he did it and he turned out to be quite good. And he thought, um, OK, I'll give, I'll give this a bit more of a bash. And within like within about minutes, he was setting kind of national records and so on. Um, uh, he then he joined the um, Czechoslovak army um, and he he was sort of training really seriously. He was allowed to train quite a lot as because he was already kind of quite famous there. Um, and he kind of created a whole new style of training, which we'll, I think we'll talk about a bit more later. Um, and I mean, he is still the only person today who, who has won gold medals in the Olympics in the 5,000, 10,000 and marathon at the same Olympics, um, which he did in 1952 in Helsinki. Um, but he was also um, quite vocal uh, against kind of the, the oppression from the Soviets. So he was involved in the, in the protests in 1968 in the Prague Spring. And that basically led to him being stripped of his rank from the army. Um, he was expelled from the army and he was kind of forced to he had to go and work down kind of mines, it was, which was really bad for his health. Um, and he was kind of um, he sort of disappeared from public life, kind of shamed figure. I mean, that didn't really change until the Velvet Revolution in 1989 when he was kind of rehabilitated by um, Havel and the Czech government and sort of became a, a national icon again. And he died in 2000. Um, he was only 78 um, and he died from complications following the stroke, which I think they think is related to the way he was treated. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. What a life. What a figure. What a figure. Yeah. That's amazing. It's I amazing, mean, I, I will hold my hands up and say, like, I obviously know of the man. And the name and and but my sort of knowledge kind of ends quite quickly. 
beyond that in terms of like he's a name within running that I'm very aware of, but it's not like I'm like, oh uh, yeah, this guy he changed, he changed a lot. Yeah. So I'm I'm this is going to be an education for me. Well, that's not. Well, it actually is interesting because I remember Richard Asquith who wrote the um one of the biographies on Zatopek called Today with Dialysis, and he was really surprised that no one had written the kind of definitive biography because he was like this life is is amazing and I, we, we talked to people about it and i was like he's the hamilton of running Zatopek <laughs> is the hamilton of running he had that kind of influence and he sort of still flies under the radar outside of running circles people don't realize what an incredible he had and, and what his legacy actually is in running so it's great to revisit it um so we've got eight i think we've got eight points and we're trying to make it as like uh relevant and up-to-date as possible so like each point will say look this is actually perhaps what t- you know why running looks like it does today. Not not always directly, but it can be related to something that Zatopek uh, did. So I'll, shoot, I'll, go, I'll go off the first one. He showed us that nice guys can finish first. So uh, Richard Asker has written a piece for the uh, current issue Runners World on this, but he said, Emil had no trace of the venom with which many approach athletics. Uh, he was someone who encouraged um, other runners, sometimes even in the middle of a race, and openly shared his training methods. So... Um, one of his rivals, Ron Clark, said, uh, Zatopek took the view that you want everyone to run at their best. It's a competition that's exciting, not standing on the rostrum. And it's kind of, um, I think that the legacy of that is like how quite a few athletes now, particularly like the FKT and Ultra World, are just really happy to like sort of share their training methods or go and like crew for someone and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's quite a bit more open than maybe it was back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's the whole notion of being in the Holden area before a race and everyone's trying to psych each yeah, other out yeah. and be like you know the race is won in that room rather than actually on the track or anywhere because it's like i'm gonna get you and i'm you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so it's you know going against that and being encouraging of all and trying to sort of like keep the race as the you know as he says like if everyone's running at their best then it's going to be the best race it can possibly yeah, yeah, be yeah exactly yeah and that's why you see like even today and you you know you watch like an amazing event you actually just see everyone's gone all out like you can see that that's, I mean, that's just, you know, you, you get those races where everyone's holding off and being incredibly like restricted or so tactical, tactical or boring or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Yeah. 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 And I think it was, it was, it was very unusual, wasn't it? At that time for that, to see that kind of sportsmanship happening. Yeah. yeah and especially sort of in the, in something, the Olympics or something where you're, you are essentially competing for your country. So your kind yeah. of rivalry is national yeah. as well as just personal. Um, and he kind of really crossed those lines, um, uh, you know, because also particularly when it was behind the Iron Curtain, you know, we were, we were supposed to think that all the people behind the Iron Curtain were, were know, bad. Yeah. 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 Yes. Did they even love their children too? Um, <laughs> yeah. Clearly been listening to too much uh, sting there. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he sort of showed that just people. Yeah. We're all just people. Totally. Totally. Um, I like this one. Go on. He didn't care about looking good. Mm. Right. His running style was uncharitably compared to a man juggling an octopus on a conveyor belt, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but he didn't care, saying, I will start running with perfect style when uh, they start judging races for their beauty, like figure skating. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. also a hot take yeah, from that, I mean, off it, that, his, off his, his comeback. Qu- his quotes are incredible. There's another reason to love him, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that feels incredibly relevant today because it's the sort of increasing focus on the aesthetic of running. Um you know, the way that you look and the the way that m- product is marketed and brands push uh, an, a style and 
all those sorts of things and then and also the way that people are i think kind of overly obsessed with like having the perfect form. oh and gait you've got to have a yeah, gait analysis yeah. and da, 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 and it's yeah it's completely that isn't it it's kind of like you're kind of striving more to look like you're running fast than actually running fast yeah 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 i mean sort of like in my sort of you know with my coaching hat on i had someone ask me the other day oh how do i like improve my form how do i like run better and I was like, well, what's the problem? And he's like, oh, no, there's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, why, do you, like, why does it matter then? Like, totally. Like, if you're running twice a week, you can gain a hell of a lot more from running three times a week than you can from sort of some I- idealized notion in your head of what a, the perfect runner looks like. And he shows that there is no such thing really as the perfect yeah. runner. You know, there's lots of examples that, that disprove that, aren't there? I mean, from kind of Paula Radcliffe with her head tilt. and Yeah, totally. You know, lots of people like you know even amazing elite athletes over pronate and overstride and do all the things we're not supposed to do and still do incredible things yeah yeah, yeah. we have there's a great story that um andy dixon the editor says and he's uh he he did a gait na- analysis next to mo farah and they said in purely in terms of like more efficient running style it's you andy <laughs> It's you, it's you. You're more efficient than Mo Farah. His 10k time is t- about 10 minutes quicker than yours. But so it goes to show you that it's yeah, it's it's not a kind of it's not figure skating. It's kind of it's how quick you go rather than how good you look. But he he was very good at kind of expressing that. I think. I think this is your one, Kate, actually. Yeah. So I mean, there's kind of it's a bit of a sort of an urban myth that he in, basically invented interval training. Um, he he didn't invent interval training, but he did apply it in a whole different way um, that had never really been kind of applied before. So like the the concept of a fartlek had been around for a while. I think that was invented in like the 1930s, um, and there was like a whole kind of uh, there was a German coach just before uh, the war, the Second World War, who kind of actually trained his art athletes on heart rate which is quite interesting because we think of that being really modern yeah yeah. Mm. um but what Zatapek did was kind of he he took the concept of like running faster in short bursts and just went to town with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he kind of used himself as a bit of a guinea pig almost um and so he just did these massive volumes i mean it sounds in well i mean it was kind of insane but it does sound insane he would do like 40 times 400 in the morning uh, and then 40 times 400 in the afternoon. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. It, it, some days he, he, he apparently did like 100 times 400, um, which, you know, but then I think what sounds insane about that is that if we went to the track and did 10 times 400, we would do it at like all out or sort of as close as we can as <laughs> long distance runners to all out pace. He actually was kind of... He, what he actually was doing was sometimes he would do them slower. Yeah. So he was kind of doing sometimes tempo runs, sometimes interval sessions. It's just that he sort of did them all in the same kind of uh, duration, essentially. Yeah, right. Um, it's like no one ever told him you could do 800 <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, this this track, I don't know, every 400s are yeah. really getting me down. This is really like... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing though, isn't it? I think that's all part of, of his legend is the idea of like, could you really go and run a hundred times four hundred meter? And I think often he was doing it on his own, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. kind of internal motivation to push yourself, yes, incredibly, you know, uh, far on your own, possibly in some questionable footwear. I mean, yes, maybe army boots. Army boots. Yes. Wow. <laughs> My feet hurt just thinking about it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and his great quote about that was he said when someone said like why are you doing all this 400 meters you're, you're like a you're a 10k man you know he said uh, why should I practice running slow I already know how to run slow I want to learn to run fast <laughs> but, I mean there's yeah. a logic there isn't there that's a perfect logic he was very yeah. quick as well 
I think the greatest fact about this guy is that he had just the best responses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you have, yeah. like, someone says something to you and you go, this is, uh, and then an hour later you're like, God, I've got it now. Now I know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. He had it off the bat. <laughs> oh, look, well, actually, that leads us very um, uh, smoothly to the next point, which is he's running's most quotable figure. Oh, great. And I think, like other running legends, like Steve Prefontaine's probably the other greatly quoted uh, runner, I would say, but Zappic had a way with words. Uh, one of his most famous quotes sums up his romantic view of distance running. He said, an athlete cannot run with money in his pockets. He must run with hope in his heart and dreams in his head. Um, and another classic one is, men, today we die a little, which he said at the start line of a very hot Australian 1956 Olympic marathon. So he he had that way of, um, yeah, I guess he, like, in, in, in our kind of modern world of, like, slightly anodyne, responses to questions yeah Zatopek could really breathe some poetry and sort of personality yeah, he wasn't effect. media trained <laughs> no not at all yeah. not at all but it just shows he has such like he clearly just has a had a big personality yeah. um and you can see that in all his friendships and all the people that kind of remember him and and so on and obviously you can't like invent that out of nothing if you don't yeah. have it yeah. there's not people like that don't come along all the time but i think we have kind of gone too far the other way with like the as you said the media training and the kind of the anodyne kind of post post race soundbite where they all sort of just say the same thing and it just it's it's not mem- which doesn't help the sport either there have been a, yeah i mean more and more you kind of see perhaps on the states i've seen a few sort of collegiate uh kind of post race things and there's been a bit more of that because you're getting all these young guys who haven't had any of the training and they just start talking about things. And they're obviously buzzing because they've just finished a race. Yeah, so they're just yeah. like, yeah. Da, da, da. And then one guy was like, these shoes, man, they're, they're killing everything. You know, and like, <laughs> it was just like, all of a sudden, he's just like, whoa, cool, this guy's fun. He's just like, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, that's when you sort of go, oh, this is, you know, that's kind of almost what you'd get, yeah. I think. It's refreshing, it's, isn't it? It's well, it's also probably kind of more, if you took that generation and applied the sort of logic now, like no one, you don't get, someone at the start of a thing going men today we die a little do we i have done that at the start of a race before i did get some very blank looks but i just really wanted to you really wanted to say it yeah, yeah. i guess someone like do you think usain bolt in some ways different kind of character but he had that kind of personality that x factor and that was he became kind of transcended the sport as a result of not only his running but his personality as well yeah, and I think we like athletics certainly like and running as you know part of athletics uh, really needs that. Um, I mean, that's the sort of you know you you get those figures once in a blue moon, and that's why they're so valuable because they do transcend the sport and they become these kind of global superstars. Sort of superstars. Yeah. yeah, so we certainly kind of need. It'd be, it'd be good to have a few more of them. Agreed. Yeah. In one go, <laughs> just the one. Yeah. Next generation, <laughs> yeah. all really like yeah. out there. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a man of great principle uh, as he stood up for what he believed in. Uh, and he used his platform to uh, affect social change and was prepared to suffer the consequences of speaking his mind, which is what we touched on, well, what Kate touched on in the intro. Um, in 1968, he vanished from public, uh, leading protests in the, in the Prague Spring, only reappearing, being allowed back uh, after the Velvet Revolution, as he said, in, in 1989. So, you know, that, that merging of when running becomes political. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much a thing anymore, but like, obviously, if you someone of importance... The modern world of celebrity, shall we say, doesn't really have the same impact. But, but you know, back in the day, athletes and people have, were seen as that sort of like, you know, figureheads and they were representing their nation. And it's all that kind of like mm. that high end level of like mm. towing the line. Yeah. And he didn't, I mean, he didn't just say what he thought he literally, I mean, he literally led protests. He was like, you know, in front yeah, of right. Soviet tanks and in, in Wenceslas Square in Prague and stuff. He was there on the streets, you know. Um, kind of leading people and were you know sort of weird like very very pre <laughs> social media age word guilt round about this and people you know who perhaps wouldn't have come out came out yeah. fortunately you know didn't lead to anything at the time but you know it's it's all important um, and I was thinking about that like kind of you know you, you think about also in 1968 the Black Power salute at the Olympics you know yeah. did it do anything at that point no not really but it's a hugely important symbolic gesture that's now kind of still resonates. Um, and I think, you know, what Zatopek did has the same force in in the Czech Republic, say, as, as that does, obviously not sort of perhaps internationally, um, because, I don't know, it's, well, for whatever reason, but, you know, they, these symbols are so important and, you know, sport has this massive power because yeah. of the kind of the love of somebody like that, you know, because you love him for what he does and how he kind of runs his heart out. And mm. and so when he says something, you really you listen. listen. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard to think of a modern equivalent. Well, like, we I mean, like Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, true. Because yeah. he and he and he sort of suffered the consequence of his sport because he wasn't playing, was he, for a lot of that season? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and prepared to kind of yeah take the backlash of that and and lead on it. I think that's possibly the. The parallel, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anyone who sort of refused to take the knee, and, and uh, as a result of that, you know, they did face sanctions. You know, yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, huge amount of abuse on social media and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Loss of sponsors. Um, yeah, 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 everything. Yeah. And I suppose on a smaller, much smaller scale, there's been like people who spoken out about. Um, I don't know, I think like Alison Felix speaking out um, against kind of um, policy on on maternity leave and, and, and women in sport and so yeah. on. Um, and, you know, people who, who have principles and who are, you know, full of integrity and who say what they think are, you know, I think ultimately the winners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is my favourite story about uh, that effect, which kind of always makes me slightly well up. <laughs> um, so uh, he, he had all these friendships in sport. I mean, everyone who should have been his rival was immediately converted to his friend. Um, and somehow, despite being from behind the Iron Curtain, he seemed to 
end up having people around for dinner an amazing amount (laughs) (laughs) um but so he was a really good um became really good friends with ron clark who obviously another you know amazing runner um who due to various reasons never won an olympic gold um you know just a a bad combination of you know uh, altitude races and injuries and it comes every four years like you say so there's this story about how um zaspec invited ron clark to come around and he you know he he came to to prague or um and he came around for dinner with with emil and his wife um and uh, as as he left you know, they talked about uh, everything and everything. And it, as they left, um, Zatopek pressed a little parcel into his hand and said, oh, this is, you know, this is for you. But didn't make a big thing of it. And I think Ron Clark thought it was something that maybe like contraband that he was smuggling out, maybe even something for the press or something. So he didn't like, you know, he didn't even look at it. He just put it in his, his bag. And I think he was, I don't know if he got home or maybe he even was sitting on the plane. He sort of thought, oh, well, now I'm, and now I'm safe to look at it. And he opened it and it was one of Zatopek's gold Olympic medals. And with a note saying, you know, you, you deserve this. Yeah. And it's just, I mean. Yeah, yeah that's huge. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, to yeah. give away something like that yeah, yeah. to someone who, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Is, I can't yeah, even get my head around that. Is. Yeah, yeah. And such a gesture just kind of like runners, that sort of real, very much like the internal respect, the internal ring of respect of like that high end. Like, actually, I, I, I 100% see... He could see his value. He could see his ability, his talent. And it didn't, that one, maybe it didn't go for, you know, it didn't, he didn't have that race that every four years that meant he had a goal, but Zatopek saw that he was a gold medalist. Yes, you know I mean? it's absolutely. Like he, he, he was he, worthy of, yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's that sort of validation from yeah. your peers. Like it's kind of, it's like, I know, yeah. but it's extraordinary to go from, I think there's very few people who would go from, Oh, you know, mate, you should have, you should have yeah, won a gold. Actually, yeah, oh, yeah, great man. race, yeah. 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 great race, you, thanks. Oh, it's such yeah, a yeah. shame you never won a gold. To here is one of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here is one of the things that is the pinnacle of anyone's career, and I'm just going to give it to you, yeah. like, and make no big deal about it either. And apparently, um, Zatopek didn't tell anyone about this at all for years. And obviously, Ron Clark told everybody, but because uh, well, they went, Ron, what's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hang on, how do you get that? <laughs> Wait a second. But um, apparently his wife didn't know about it either, Zatopex. Um, yeah, so like no one really knew, just like low-key. It makes it even better, doesn't it? Rather yeah. than the sort of like um, kind of virtue signaling. Yeah, yeah, signaling totally. Kind of like, oh, yeah. Just gave away my, wo- my medal. Yeah. yeah. No big Me, deal. Oh, weirdly, that got leaked to the press. If yeah, it happened yeah. that night now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> On Twitter within seconds. <laughs> this, this next one is, is my... Number one reason why I think Zaspek is amazing, I think he, he flouted his convention. He was a complete original. Um, he did things like running in the bathtub to sort of dry his military kit and doing intervals or running around the w- woods with his um, wife, Dana, on his back. Who um, was also an Olympian, by the way. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, like, yeah. Javelin, yeah. Right. Um, and high-intensity, high-mileage training. All these things were, like, really pioneering and creating a new way of training rather than just sort of following what you're told to do. I think it, it, that's a sign of like it's a bit of a running genius in that sense. Like somebody really like pushed running on and was actually did stuff that a lot of people were like, "What are you doing that for?" Yeah, and like utter commitment as well because the running in the bathtub thing, I think, was when it was particularly icy and snowy outside. Right. Um, which you know, I mean, he would have run in any weather, but it must have been like literally kind of snowed in or something. Um, so he put like a bunch of clothes in water in the bathtub and then ran on them because they kind of moved on. so basically kind of invented like a, a sort of treadmill yeah <laughs> really really wow. dangerous treadmill <laughs> do not try this at home um so like that kind of utter commitment to still doing what you need to do and i like the idea of like um and a lot of best coaches say this. i think tom craggs often talks about this like you as an individual are going to have a way of training that's not like 
going to be about a generic or following a generic training plan. You actually need to listen to what's going to work for you, even if maybe some of that might seem quite unorthodox. The kind of marathon training that's going to work for you might be quite different to me or, or to Kate. And I think Zatapet maybe gives you the confidence to think, you know what, this this might seem a bit strange, but I'm going to give it a go because um, maybe it's going to work for me. I mean, that's the that's one of the biggest things we have with training. Whenever we're like putting content out or talking on this podcast with with athletes and coaches, we talk about training and you're trying to prescribe a method to the masses. And it's kind of like, how are you going to do it? And it's like, the main thing we're trying to convey is that you've got to try many different things because they might one of them might work for you and the others yeah. probably won't and you kind of then you see someone who's like um Emil and he's just like I'm just gonna try whatever just gonna go ahead and just do this stuff and then I'll get to the point where I've worked out what works for me and you kind of go that's 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 the key yeah like, I think Ron Hill was good at this stuff yeah. as well right he was quite he was happy to experiment on his body with nutrition and that kind of thing oh I mean yeah, yeah and, and yeah <laughs> I think with Zatopek as well is also he was really he was inventing stuff but he was also getting ideas from everywhere so I think the carrying carrying his wife thing came from like he saw that some athletes I'm not sure kind of what which ones particularly maybe it was sprinter I don't know were, were doing lots of weight training so he was like okay I need to I need to try and see if weight training helps and you know he didn't have kind of Amazon A Prime gym. for some yeah. kettlebells so he carried his wife yeah amazing <laughs> it's brilliant um, I mean this is kind of almost a summary of all of his achievements but he proved that running is a force for good um uh, zatopek was racing during the cold war era but uh through his sportsmanship he demonstrated that he didn't have to dislike people to compete against them um and again it's uh mr asquith thinks this is as relevant today as it's ever been writing the world is again polarized and overshadowed by the threat of all-out war running remains a force for good but the tides of history may be turning against it we could uh do with another zatopek today yeah Bring on another Zatopek. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone, because he did have that incredible ability to kind of bring people together. And, yeah. you know, there's lots of stories of how he tried to help people um, who, uh, you know, kind of couldn't get visas and stuff like this, where they were, his influence obviously did wane and he had some awful times when he was kind of pushed out. But he was always trying to use his, his kind of power, as it were, for yeah. good um, and, yeah, do the best that he could with it. Do you think that any of your admiration for Zatopek is because you have Czech heritage as well? Or does or do you get a sense of, does he mean a lot more to people in, in that part of the world? I I think he does just because, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm half Czech. So, like, obviously I do have that kind of connection. Um, and he is a, a sort of bigger figure there. Um, even things like he was uh, involved in the setting up of the Prague Marathon. Um, it's you know, towards the end of his life, obviously. So he just kind of... It's just around the track. <laughs> yeah he, made, he made everyone stop after 400 meters it took ages yeah <laughs> yes uh, and there's a special prize if you carry your wife for the entire yeah, race yeah. <laughs> yeah i was thinking if people want to celebrate zatopec in style on the 19th of september one way would be doing some intervals and this is apparently is one of his more doable sessions so it's it's five times 200 meters okay uh, 20 times 400 metres and then 5 times 200 metres, all with 200 metre jogs in between. I see. Um, and as Kate was saying, you can potentially do some of those 400s a little bit slower and some a bit quicker. Um, still a big session, isn't it? That. I think that's what Zatopec called a warm-up. It's a warm-up <laughs> session, yeah. Do you Zatopec warm-up? What's most telling about that is that if we printed anything like that, there would have to be a pace guide with it. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like, that's just... 
I guess no one really knows. No one really does. But that's <laughs> no, I, no, yeah, he that's... didn't really record times and stuff. I mean, I think that kind of goes back to like how some of them would be really slow, you know, because you, you, you just want some days you just physically can't do the, the pace. Um, he never really take record times. There's one year, I think we've got like from his diaries where he recorded his mileage. Um, and he was like averaging, I think it was like 145 miles a week, which is a lot even today. Um, for 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 an elite athlete, um, so it's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, a vast amount of that R- was, was subdivided quick. into yeah. four hundred meter chunks. <laughs> there we go. Um, there's an event as well. So uh, Thames Valley Harriers are putting on the Emil Zatopek Run on the seventeenth of September, and that's taking place at um, Wormwood Scubs Lymphor Christie Athletic Stadium. Uh, that's over in West London. Um, proceeds from the starting fees. Uh, go towards the Zatopec Athletics Fellowship, which I think is helping to support uh, underprivileged children to get into athletics. So all round, great thing to get involved with. There's a 5K, a 3K and a 2K. And it's around a track, of course. (laughs) Well, I mean, anyone else out there who feels the need, put on an event. Let us know if you do, uh, how it goes. And uh, yeah, celebrate the great man. I think that's enough, isn't it? Well, I mean, I've received a great education. You should go and read Richard Asker's book. It's really good. What's it called? Today We Die a Little. Oh, he's stolen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's pinched Slightly a original. He pinched, pinched a go, yeah. <laughs> but there's other things that happen with Zappet. So there's a, there's a musical on Zappet called, and it's a, I think it's called Courier, but like French, based on a novel, I think. Yeah. Um, and there was another musical bit that was the same the same length as his best 10K time. So it's like a 26-minute and I think it was like an orchestral piece. So he inspires these works of art in a way that other runners tend not to. Um, so, he, yeah, his influence, he obviously inspires lots of people from, you know, in many different ways. Yeah. Well, we've so far, we've recorded 20, almost 28 minutes. So that's ruined it. We could have gone for, we <laughs> I gone think for it 26. 20, I think he is, it's PB was like, it is just under 29, I think. Right. Okay. right, right he was yeah. the first runner to run under 30 minutes, I think, for a 10K. Yeah. And he smashed it. Yeah. Well, we better round this up quickly. All right, quickly. <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of this week's World Podcast. Thanks very much to our special guest, Kate Carter, and of course to Emil Zatopek for the inspiration. Um, happy 100th anniversary to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, subscribe to some stuff uh, and uh, everything. Will be, no, I, I jest. Uh, you can subscribe to Three Issues of Runners World. Uh, go to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash for uh, the Runners World Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe. It makes us very happy. And uh, you'll hear from us next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 